Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. We're in that season where the Sunday show media bias threatens to take a back seat to my weekly deep dive into pro football. And it's not because I'm good at fantasy football. My team so far is miserable. I can almost imagine my fantasy players wanting a trade. Probably couldn't blame them. So I was a little late to the crazy. And by that, I mean Hillary Clinton getting a softball interview on the Jen Psaki Hootenanny. I mean, that's not surprising, right? I mean, it's MSDNC. But there was Saki in Elf on the Shelf Red participating in that annual festival of media pandering called the Clinton Global Initiative. You know, when somebody tries to say Tim Russert, now that's the, that's the standard for NBC, that hardball Tim Russert, he made the Democrats sweat and the Republicans. Well, I would always tell them, wait until the Clinton Global Initiative comes around because when Tim Russert were to interview Bill Clinton at Global Initiative time, that was usually his worst interview of the year. So, Saki and Hillary, uh, Saki called it a wide-ranging interview, but that's not correct. It was just a range of Democrat Party messaging. They started with the scary polling from ABC and the Washington Post with Biden losing to Trump by 10 points. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. The sentence on screen from Hillary was, in all caps, I feel good about where the Democrats are. That is unadulterated poppycock. That is 99 and 44 one hundredths pure spin. Even the NBC poll showing an even Steven drives Democrats into a frenzy. They always expect to win like two-thirds of the vote against Trump. He's so evil. He's so stupid. How can it be even? Then came the time where Saki... Um, wanted to quiet the panic over Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris still gaining acceptance, if we may borrow from Dana Carvey's old joke about Dan Quayle when he was doing his George H.W. Bush impression. Still gaining acceptance. Saki did this whole pandering line to Hillary. When you mentioned the ticket, you have fought against more sexism than anybody probably, globally, from Vladimir Putin to right-wing Republicans, the gamut. There has been more talk in my time about questioning whether the vice president should be on the ticket. I know what I think that's about. I want to know what you think that's about. It's supposed to be racism and sexism. It can't ever be. Kamala Harris can't argue her way out of a paper bag. She embarrasses herself in public. This is MSNBC. You're not allowed to say she's a mess. You're not allowed to say she's unpopular. She's less popular than Biden. That would be an obvious reason why people would say, let's try something else. But that's not the answer Jen Psaki was going looking for, because that would be trouble. Biden picked her. Nobody should question Biden for doing so. So Hillary didn't immediately jump on the sexism card, but she did eventually say, hey, she's a first. She's the first woman of color. She's the first daughter of immigrants. So, of course, 
there's more scrutiny. Well, I don't know who from, because certainly it's not media scrutiny. I think we all knew that. They're basically just suggesting she's being picked apart by Fox News. It's so unfair. Then there's the election denial piece. Now, this is where conservative Twitter went bonkers on Sunday, and uh, for good reason. Let's listen. Vladimir Putin uh, has obviously your friend, your friend and mine. Uh, yes, indeed. He has uh, intervened in our election in the past. Right. It's not something, as you experienced firsthand, it's not something we talk about a lot. Do you fear that that is something that could be happening for 2024? And do you think we should be talking about it more? Well, I think we should be talking about it more because I don't think, despite all of the uh, you know, deniers, uh, there's any doubt that he interfered in our election or that he has interfered in many ways in uh, the uh, internal affairs of other countries, funding political parties, funding, you know, political candidates, uh, buying off, uh, you know, government officials in different places. So that is his opus, uh, uh, you know, his, his opus operandi in the sense that he hates democracy he particularly hates the west and he especially hates us what is an opus operandi it's modus operandi oh learned one but hillary bluto clinton gets that she's on a roll don't interrupt the germans bob pearl harbor hillary then went on to attack putin's apologists and enablers in america think she means the Republicans and conservatives in general. Well, we want no part of that. You know, you don't have to be pro-Putin to be anti-Clinton. You know, you don't have to be pro-Putin to suggest Hillary Clinton actually lost in 2016. But this, everybody seized on the inherent goofiness of this. And that is, you don't get to pose that election denial is dangerous and anti-democratic and then still spew this stuff on MSNBC. Putin invaded the election and denied me my rightful place in the White House. We went through all of this. Mueller report, Durham report, Fusion GPS BS. She has no shame. She doesn't wait or, you know, for other people to conclude, um, you're kind of full of it. We all know that after she lost the election, this was what she unleashed. Hey, let's all say that Trump was bought off by the Russians or uh, even Trump's a Russian agent. You remember that one? Trump has P tapes, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, this is what... Miranda Devine of the New York Post went after this whole denier spin uh, on Twitter. Her whole Steele dossier P-tape Alpha Bank Russia collusion hoax was thrown out by the two-year $32 million Mueller investigation and further rubbished by the DOJ, Inspector General, and Durham probes. She put the country through hell and still clings to her lies to salve her ego. Trump beats you fair and square, lady. Everybody knows it and feels sorry for you if they are not laughing at you. Yeah, I'm sure that Jen Psaki feels badly, like all the other Democrats. I'm sorry you were denied your rightful place. They, I'm sure they all felt that way. Especially after Hillary lost to Obama. <gasps> oh, 
is America more racist or sexist, they asked in 2008, and it turned out America was more sexist than racist. Saki wrapped up this festival by asking Hillary about the Biden impeachment inquiry. The so-called impeachment hearings, Saki said, and then they both agreed it wasn't based on any facts at all. Saki said there is no proof they're in pursuit of a reason. Before I let you go, there's now been a date set for the impeachment hearing, so-called. I'm going to put them in quotes for mm -hmm. President Biden. Mm -hmm. There are There's a disagreement in the Democratic Party on how to deal with this because yeah. there's no proof. They're in pursuit of a reason. What do you think they should be doing? Well, first of all, I don't. I don't know how they can proceed with an impeachment if they haven't had a vote. And uh, maybe I missed it because I've been so busy here at CGI they trying to had a vote. Trying to <laughs> well, be you've been inspired. positive and come up with solutions to our problems, which is what I like to think about. Um, so I, I don't know how they're just basically uh, blowing off the process. Um, there's no there there. And in fact, it seems they know there's no there there. And sadly, the Speaker of the House is too weak to stand up against the uh, most rabid, uh, you know, block of uh, his uh, members who don't care what the truth or the facts are. They just want to, you know, be able to grandstand and try to cause President Biden problems. I mean, it's not a real threat. It's a terrible bother. But more than that, it is a real confession by the Republican Party. They have no agenda. They have no interest in trying to bring people together to solve problems. I have said for years, because I was in the Senate when I voted for immigration mm -hmm. reform, as a majority of the Senate did, and George W. Bush said he would sign it and the House wouldn't take it up, because they don't want a solution to what's happening on the border. They want a political problem uh, that they can try to use for their own benefit. That's what this is to keep, you know, the base, whoever that is, in some parts of our country all riled up while they make up stuff that has no basis in fact. It is no way to run a great country, and the only way we're going to get through this, Jen, is by defeating them. That's what, not what they would have said about the first Trump impeachment on some of the same geopolitical issues. Hillary then said, how can they launch into impeachment without a vote? Which utterly ignores... Nancy Pelosi did that in 2019. Then Hillary trashed Kevin McCarthy, saying the Speaker of the House is too weak to stand up against the most ra rabid block of his members who don't care what the truth and facts are. You may always point and laugh when Hillary Clinton says, you people don't care about the truth. This is Hillary Clinton who's like, Bill Clinton didn't screw around with the intern. That's a vast right-wing conspiracy. When he gave Monica Lewinsky a book of poems, it was simply that. He was just being very nice to a young lady. And Matt Lauer said, this could be the worst thing ever, being accused of sexual impropriety. Yes, wouldn't that be something, Matt Lauer? It will come around on you in time. So then uh, Hillary said the parties should work together on stuff like she did with George W. Bush on trying to have broad brush amnesty for illegal immigrants. And that rabid block of House Republicans prevented it. See, the government works best when they open the borders the most. 
it's somehow solving a problem of illegal immigration to just say, you're all good, we decide you're not illegal anymore. Now another thing that caught my eye from Sunday, from Bonchi at Red State, CNN's Jim Acosta interviewed Republican Congressman Ralph Norman about the ongoing and accelerating crisis at the border when Norman tried to state a simple fact that the border is currently open, Acosta had a meltdown. Norman suggested Biden was leaving the border open on purpose. This charge was considered scandalous. Like, <laughs> where's your proof? Well, the first proof is the dramatic influx without any resistance. The Democrats think the solution to the massive influx isn't to stop the influx, it's to make sure everyone gets a work permit. Mayor Adams in New York, oh, this would solve everything. Just give the Venezuelans their work permits. Yeah, that won't stop at all a massive influx of Venezuelans. This was also the sound of Willie Geist on Sunday Today when I had that on my TV. It was the sound of AOC on CBS on Face the Nation. They somehow pretend... The solution is to just basically say, poof, the immigrants aren't illegal anymore. Now, Norman could have said, hey, Biden ordered the Border Patrol to actually cut the wires that Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordered to be put out. Biden went to court to stop Abbott from trying to stop immigrants from crossing the Rio Grande. That's basically fighting for an influx, not against it. Here's how the audio went with Norman and Acosta. The Border Patrol agents do their job to get the wall built, have designated points of entry. And this administration is just not doing it. They're doing it intentionally. And whether you agree with it or not, they're doing it for power. Why are they giving Social Security What do you mean by that? Why, why are you, what they're does this doing? say they're intentionally, do, intentionally doing what? Where is your evidence of this? Where is your proof of this? It just sounds like you're throwing uh, uh, rhetoric State. around with no basis in fact. Uh, no, you can. Have you been to the border? Of course, I have. Have you seen what's going on? The rapes, the uh, it's it's open. I mean, nobody can can deny that. The border is, and uh, they've got a, it's a crisis. Where? I'll ask the question, sir. And, and the border is, is not open. That is that is something that that is uh, peddled as a talking point, but it's not true. There there are fences, there are walls, uh, there are Border Patrol agents who, yeah. who work okay. on the border. As Joe Concha tweeted, Jim Acosta hasn't been to the U.S. southern border in at least two years, and certainly not during the crisis that is a catastrophe down there that is greatly accelerated in that time. Correct. It was actually January 2019 when Acosta stood in front of a wall in McAllen, Texas for the cameras, and he proclaimed... We are not seeing any kind of imminent danger. There are not migrants trying to rush toward this fence here in the McAllen, Texas area. As a matter of fact, there are some other businesses behind me along this highway. There's a gas station, Burger King, and so on. But no sign of the national emergency the president's been talking about. As a matter of fact, it's pretty tranquil down here. So, in 2019, Acosta bragged it was tranquil at the border, and now... As video shows a massive influx into Texas. Oh, you can't call it a chaos or an open border, sir. <laughs> I'll define what the questions are, Mr. Republican. 
You can't suggest this is a deliberate strategy. Yes, just because we at CNN say the Republicans hate democracy and want to destroy it doesn't mean you get to say the Democrats are doing anything on purpose that seems destructive. That is your Jim Acosta, fulminating like he always has. And now instead at the White House, we have a soft touch like the wonderful Arlette Signs. She's like Carol Merrill holding her hands up and saying, here's Karine Jean-Pierre. All right, so I want to go back to this. So the Washington Post and ABC have a poll with a 10-point margin between Biden and Trump. So the first question I tend to ask is, okay, where was it in the paper? And the answer is it was in the Sunday paper, bottom left, basically the last story on the front page. It's sitting next to this special story. Fetterman family adapts to a new normal. After Senator's treatment for depression, his wife steers clan between worry, comma, acceptance. <laughs> so a pro-Fetterman propaganda piece with a big color picture of Giselle Fetterman. Next to that, it's a three-person byline. Dan Balls, Scott Clement, and Emily Guskin. That's kind of the usual lineup on a polling story. This is the headline. Not B Biden losing to Trump by 10. No. The headline is, Biden faces lagging public approval polling shows. Yes, if you don't read beyond the front page, and newspaper people sort of make sure... You know, some people don't read beyond the front page, so we may leave the really damaging bits off the front page, the things that are really upsetting. There's nothing here on the front page that says Biden's losing by 10. Instead, it begins, a Washington Post-ABC News poll finds President Biden struggling to gain approval from a skeptical public with dissatisfaction growing over his handling of the economy and immigration. A rising share saying the United States is doing too much to aid Ukraine in its war with Russia and broad concerns about his age as he seeks a second term. Biden and former President Donald Trump appear headed for a rematch of their 2020 contest, although more than three in five Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents said they would prefer a nominee other than the president. But Biden's advisors have argued he is the strongest Democrat for 2024 and those who wish for someone else to share no consensus on who that should be. Yes, that's always your argument. Well, you need a consensus candidate before you throw Biden overboard. No, what you need is a primary where Democrat voters select a nominee. What kind of lameness is that? Okay, so it's not on the front page. Get a load of this. Four lines into the story on page A8. The post-ABC poll shows Biden trailing Trump by 10 percentage points at this early stage in the election cycle. Although the sizable margin of Trump's lead in this survey is significantly at odds with other public polls that show the general election contest a virtual dead heat. The difference between this poll and others, as well as the unusual makeup of Trump's and Biden's coalitions in the survey, suggests it is probably an outlier. Yes, here again on A8, what's the headline? It ain't Biden losing by 10. It is again, Biden's approval falls on economy, comma, immigration. 
Uh, in fact, Acosta, in his show, was asking, should the media suggest polls, there, uh, report on polls they're not confident in? <laughs> in other words, should liberal outlets report on polls that show liberals losing? That can't possibly be true. And especially against Trump, who we're all convinced is the source of all evil in the universe. With the four indictments that seem to keep making him more popular. So, I mean, this is, this is where you are. Yes, I suppose it's an outlier. The real clear politics average has Trump up 1.6. There are a bunch of polls where they are dead even within the margin of error. But like I said, this is, this is still extremely frustrating to them. And I imagine it's also frustrating to Trump's opponents in the Republican Party who would like to have this argument of Trump's losing to Biden by 15 or 20, so obviously we need to run somebody else. You know, the Washington Post says Trump's leading by 10. It's not going to talk a Trump voter out of sticking with Trump. I suppose that's the good news, uh, you know, when it comes to ABC being upset. Now, yes, of course it's early in the race. And, of course, you could argue. People get so excited about polls in this, you know, at this early juncture where we could have said in 2015, it's Jeb Bush's to lose. In 2007, we would have said, here comes President Rudy Giuliani. Just as you can say, when they tried to say DeSantis is falling apart, it's all over, this is what they said about John McCain in late 2007, and he became the nominee. So it's early. I'm sure for most voters, you know, they haven't really made up their minds. They do seem very upset about it being a Trump-Biden repeat, but it seems very much like that's what both parties are going to end up giving them at this point. Sonny Hostin's on The View, as Nick Fondacaro reports, basically saying, we don't want to hear about any polls till Trump's actually on trial. Well, if the indictments didn't damage him, why is the trial? If, if, if two years of the uh, January 6 hearings didn't damage Trump, why do you expect that? And, of course, they're all hoping for the Fulton County, Georgia trial, where it's on television. Again, they think that's the Trump version of the O.J. Simpson trial. Trump did it with a knife. Well, keep hope alive, Democrats. If you want to keep track of how these news media people keep reporting by the Democrats for the Democrats, that's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in. <laughs>